Welcome to The Lab. What's going on all you Brainiacs out there and welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palma, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath. Shane, how are we doing today? So both of you guys know that I am a really big movie person. You yes. love movies. Love, love movies, love going to the movies specifically. We are officially less than one month away from originally my most anticipated movie of 2020 to now my most anticipated movie of 2021, and that is Godzilla vs. Kong. I am so... That's your so, most anticipated yeah. movie? For another some reason, Godzilla movie? For, it's not just another Godzilla movie. It's Godzilla vs. King Kong. Oh, excuse me. Another Godzilla and another King Kong movie. For some reason, I, I just... I just really love that stare. These, these monster type movies. They always draw me in. And I wanted to start off the show asking you guys who you think would win this fight because the director came out and said there would be a clear-cut winner. Godzilla. Lucas, it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla. How is it not Godzilla? Because Godzilla's the bad guy. So the good guy always wins, right? I mean, that I... That would make sense. Yeah. But Godzilla is Godzilla. size and strength. Godzilla's like DK Metcalf, and King Kong is like another smaller receiver, and then Godzilla's just getting... Because he's huge! He's Godzilla's, like, Godzilla's bum, 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 bum. DK Metcalf, and um, uh, King Kong is Buddha Baker. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I, I, I think King Kong's going to win. That's just my personal opinion. Will it be wrong? Probably. Yeah. Because I... Because you're wrong a lot. No. I... Especially when it comes to fictitious things. You know, anything with fantasy in the title, you're often wrong a lot. Can you think of any other things with fantasy in the title this that This movie's labeled wrong about? as a sci-fi action, not fantasy, actually. So oh, this okay. does not count for that. Got well, it. We got actual fantasy football stuff oh, to I talk apologize. about today. I wanted to just hit on this because I'm yeah, very Lucas excited Yeah, Lucas the one it. who got us off track there. I apologize. So we're finished with our mock draft. We got through nine rounds. I figured we'd cut it here because at this point it is just pure speculation and just grabbing our sleeper guys that we like up to this point. But we're only in February, approaching March. We still don't know what half of the rosters are going to look like. We have free agency a few weeks away. We have the NFL draft a few months away. Let's go. So we still got a lot to get through. So I figured we'd take this episode to kind of recap our, our mock draft that we did, kind of look back at, at some of our teams, at some of the picks that we made, because we kind of went fast over the last few episodes on, on some of the guys that we took and didn't really give good enough reason. I think one of the things we can start with, though, is looking at players that were left on the board that didn't go within the nine rounds. And some of the players that went in rounds eight and nine will probably get pushed back, too, because obviously we didn't draft any rookies in here. So rookies are going to be implemented into this draft, obviously, once that NFL draft happens. I think one of the, the bigger things to look at is overall running backs went hot and heavy. They went really fast, and that's to be expected. You know, uh, Devontae Adams and... and uh, you know, some of those other wide receivers, Tyree Kill, they had huge, huge seasons, but those guys still ended up falling a little bit. I took Adams early because I'm an Adams guy, but Tyree Kill still ended up falling into the second round because it was so dominated by running backs. I think that trend's going to continue into next year because, again, as we saw, once we got to round nine, guys like J.D. McKissick were being taken, as, in some cases, to be an RB2 or even an RB3. You can't so, really have that. No. Uh, J.D. McKissick's one of those guys that's going to be that's kind of a question mark next year because Antonio Gibson's going to be one year better. That offense might look a little bit different. They might have a different quarterback, and McKissick wasn't always the most consistent guy. He'll get you some receiving points, 
But that's the type of guy you're getting at that round 9 turn, round 10 turn, round 8 turn. And you probably can't not wait for a running back 2 there. I'd say it's difficult to wait for your RB3 there, especially if one of your top guys go down. We saw what happened to teams that lose a Christian McCaffrey or lose a Saquon Barkley. And then it's so funny. I, I do want to put this out there. But I, I do want to put this out there. I did have a team where I lost Saquon Barkley and I won the whole thing. And did you have a solid backup running back? I had Chris Carson was my other running back, but here's why I won the whole thing. It's because I picked up James Robinson on the waiver wire. Exactly. Well, that's not something we there can are, really go through right now because we're talking about the exactly. Draft. And I'm saying, but, but there are always, there will always be guys on the waiver wire you can pick up that we can't know are going to have a big impact. There are always going to be those James Robinsons. The year before, you had Nick Chubb because Carlos Hyde got traded away early in the season. If you picked up Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was a stud for you. I mean, you've always got guys like that on the waiver wire. It is more common with wide receivers. Absolutely. That is why there is that positional value and why running backs are oftentimes valued higher in fantasy football. But there will always be someone on the waiver wire. I think it's it's just as important to be dominant on the waiver wire as it is to draft well. You one can make up for a lot of mistakes. Right. One of the names I wanted to talk about at the running back position that, correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't drafted, and that's Damian Harris, yeah. who for half the season it felt like this year was the starter for New England. Is that our assumption here, that he's just going to be overtaken by someone else, that New England might draft someone or I, sign no, someone? No, I truly believe Damian Harris will be the starter. Then how could, Then how are we not drafting a starter within the first I nine mean, it's, rounds? It's a great question. I definitely heavily considered him when I was drafting some of the guys. you like took J.D. McKissick J.D. in McKissick. Absolutely. I, I was con- he was right there. I was considering him with my J.D. McKissick pick, with my Zach Moss pick. At the end of the day... I decided to go, since this is PPR, I valued McKissick higher at this moment. Now, obviously, as we get going into the, the preseason and whatnot, if we don't think, if we think McKissick's role takes a step back, Jack, like you were saying, and I can absolutely see that, then I'm going to be valuing him less, obviously. But I'm going to value that PPR running back, that 10-point-a-game guy, like what McKissick was this past year, over Damian Harris, who has to be, since he doesn't get receptions, he has to be productive with every single touch that he gets. And that's kind of the key there. I'll throw this out there. Damian Harris did not play every single game this season. He missed about six games this year, so he only played in 10. But in ten of those, for out of, in nine of those 10 games, he still got double-digit carries and never cracked 17 points. He only cracked 15 once. He was inconsistent. He averaged nine points a game when he played. He was okay. Nothing special. It's not like the the volume number is going to take a huge increase this year, though. If he got into the end zone, it was a good day for Damian Harris. If he didn't get into the end zone, it wasn't. And and that's your. I mean, he's a touchdown dependent guy, absolutely. And that's what you're gonna see with Damian Harris because he doesn't get the touches to not be. Even though he's productive with yep. the touches he gets, he doesn't get enough touches to be a Nick Chubb level, to be a Derrick Henry level. For Damian Harris, I think it's tough because I don't think he could make my starting lineup for the first three, four weeks of the season because I yeah. wouldn't trust him. Before I think that. he could be a solid RB three this year. I absolutely think he has that potential. But I just don't see how much... I've got him at 32 right now, which is mid-tier RB3. I just I don't see how he has more upside. I mean, I've got Zach Moss directly above him. I actually have him one spot above J.D. McKissick at this moment. Um, But, uh, you know, I was just feeling J.D. McKissick in the moment. Zach Moss I've got above him. A.J. Dillon, I have one spot above him. I know you guys are going to laugh at that. It's completely dependent on what Green Bay does with the running back position. Um, But I just... Damian Harris, I mean, man, he just doesn't catch balls, and that's in PPR going to cost him. Let's stick with a Damian here and go over to Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Jack, this was a guy that you tried to trade me for after I took him in our dynasty league because you're a Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner. If you draft Clyde in, you know, maybe the third or fourth round, maybe even the second round if it starts to get up to that point, once we get closer to the season, how crucial is it that you draft Damian Williams to be your handcuff? Not at all. Extremely. No. Wow. Oh. It's not at all important. Here we go. Here's the thing. Clyde will not... Clyde will get the majority of touches in that running back, in that backfield, but he will not get all of them, right? There will definitely be a handcuff worth like, owning. Like every like sure, every backfield. Sure, there will be a handcuff worth owning with Clyde, but I don't. if I were to put money on it, it's not Damian Williams. It's Daryl Williams. I have Why? The, because Daryl Williams was productive this year. Damian Williams sat out the whole year. It's not like he was great when he was the starter by any stretch of the imagination. He, if I he can recall, pretty good. If I can recall, he ago. was drafted that year as a late second, yeah. early third round pick. So people saw potential yeah. in him to be the Chiefs' lead back. Absolutely, but they brought in Lashawn McCoy that year. He was he dealt with a lot of injuries, and Lashawn McCoy took a lot of touches. Obviously, McCoy faded out as the season went on. But, he, but Damian Williams wasn't particularly productive then either. Daryl Williams was productive this year, and I expect the Chiefs to stick with him over Damian Williams in that backfield. I just We're talking about a guy in Damian Williams who a large portion of people thought he should have won Super Bowl MVP over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and he he's had a great a, game. He's I agree a legitimately with good runner. He's a he will be the number runner. two. I still think he's going to be the number two running back in that offense. He's on a contract here. Ever, all the chips are in Damian. He'll there be for 29 when the season starts. And he, is he guaranteed a roster spot? You think? No, he's not. Maybe he's not. not guaranteed a That's roster spot. That's the thing. Spot. That's the thing. He's not. I. This is why I think Daryl Damian Williams sat out a full year. He's going to be 29 years old. It's not like he's ever been well, a prolific you, you running about, back. Yeah. It's not like he has ever been a prolific running back at all in any sense of the word. He had one solid season. Aside from that, as a starter, he had one solid season as a starter. Aside from that, he hasn't been more than a committee guy. And, and I just, uh, Daryl Williams had a good year this year. He's a guy who's been on the Chiefs roster for a while, and I absolutely expect him to be second in line to get the touches. His best season was 2019, in which he dealt with multiple injuries, so he missed roughly... Is this Damian Williams? This yep. is Damian Williams. So he missed like five games that season. He finished as the RB35 in PPR. Yeah. He had a few games where he finished inside the top 10. He had a few games in which he finished inside the top 20. Other than that, it seems like he finished outside the top 35 111 a number attempts, of times. 498 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, I, I think that speaks for itself. Uh, Damian Williams, if I'm going to put my money on who is going to be the handcuff there for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire... I would say they get someone else. I don't even think it would be sure, Darrell Williams. Sure, I, I, think I, I think that's a fair take, too. I just don't think it'll be Damian Williams. And honestly, I think that... Don't be surprised if they don't, though. And here's why. Because they drafted Clyde in the first round for a reason. He had a solid rookie campaign, but it wasn't anything fantastic. They also don't have much money. <laughs> True. And I absolutely expect them to go into this season utilizing Clyde. Or I hope they go into this season anyways, utilizing Clyde more. I suspect that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be moving up my draft board as we get closer to the draft. I, I really think that'll happen. One more running back that, as far as I can tell, was not taken in the first nine rounds. Tariq Cohen. I, I took Tariq. You no. did? Did I? I don't think I'm not did. seeing him. I don't really? remember hearing his name. I was going to let pick me, him late. Let me yeah, he so Tariq back. Cohen has not gone yet. Oh, he Obviously, right. he tore his ACL, right? That was one of the... Oh, injuries. I took him in our Dynasty League. Right. That's what it was. Early on in the season, which allowed David Montgomery... We talked about Tariq Cohen because we I drafted David Montgomery, and we probably hit on Tariq Cohen in the midst of talking yeah. about Montgomery's value, but Tariq Cohen didn't go yeah. in these first nine rounds. 
And, you know, looking at what he did in, in 2019, in 2018, he served as a pretty good PPR running back. I PPR, mean, especially RB3, absolutely. 2018, he was the RB13 overall in PPR. Now, 2019, he wow. fell off. He was the RB37 in PPR. And in 2020, from what we saw out of him, 45, 62, 44, his first three weeks, uh, that's where he was ranked in, in terms of the running back position. But what can we expect out of him next year, Jack, the Bears fan? Yeah, uh, Tariq Cohen's going to be the pass-catching running back. He will be utilized. David Montgomery will fall off. It will it, hurt David Montgomery yes. more than it will help fantasy teams that have Tariq Cohen. Exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. He'll be a solid flex play if you need it. He'll be that 10-point-a-game guy if you need to throw somebody in there late RB3. in the year. And he'll be an RB3 for you. He's not going to do anything entirely special, but he'll be okay. And... Their system might look a little bit different than it has. They're talking about bringing in a new quarterback. They're going to bring in a new they're gonna quarterback. Bring in a new they're going to bring in a new veteran. Point, it could because be, they're, they're in win-now mode. It, it could be Russell Wilson. It could, could be, be Deshaun Watson. It could be Sam Darnold. It, it could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. It could be Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Either way, it's going, be be, it's going to be a better passing game than what it was. Maybe not as You'd many hope. deeks and dunks, <laughs> but Tariq Cohen's not only a deacon dunk guy. They have him running downfield a lot. Now, here's he the question. There's guy. a lot of hate on Matt Nagy, right? In, in Bears land, I'm sure you hate on Matt Nagy. I don't like uh, Matt Nagy slander personally just because, you know, it, it's biased. I honestly don't know if Matt Nagy's system is bad or good. He just came from the Chiefs. But will he utilize Tariq Cohen properly? Because I'm going to be honest, I don't think he has in the past. And I don't know if that's due to his play calling or the fact that he hasn't had a competent quarterback to get Tariq Cohen the ball downfield. Because Tariq Cohen should be a guy that is utilized in a, a lot of ways. He should be used as a receiver going deep. He should be used, you know, he should run a lot more routes than, than what I, he does. I think he could finish. He has the potential to finish as a top 24 back. I mean, as an RB2 Do you remember season? when yeah. Ty Montgomery was the starting running back for the Packers? Yeah. Tariq Cohen should have that kind of upside. I don't think he's going to, he's not going to start, obviously. David no, Montgomery is no. the clear-cut starter for sure, this team. but from, as a pass catcher, because Montgomery was, uh, t- Ty Montgomery, excuse me, not David Montgomery. Ty Montgomery was a wide receiver that transitioned right. into a running back. I'm saying he should be able to be utilized like the Packers used Ty Montgomery in the past game. There is enough touches available on this team in this backfield for Tariq Cohen to carve out a very sizable fantasy role for himself. I'm actually a little shocked that he didn't go within the first nine rounds. No. I think he will be a I first. I think he will go in the first nine rounds in regular drafts, or maybe not. Maybe those rookies will push him out of there, and he could be yeah, I a bet. very great value for teams that are going to go no RB. I bet, I bet you'll get him... If in the single-digit rounds you're talking nine, I, I bet you're going to see him more fall 10, 11, 12, if I were to guess. Yearly fantasy-wise, Tariq Cohen will be this year what J.D. McKissick, or be next year what J.D. McKissick will be. I, I can possibly. see that. No, that's I can that's see a that. possibility. I don't know if I'd quite predict he's going to be that good, but it's a possibility. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. No, 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 I still want to touch on oh, one running there's back. There's a running back. Okay. I want to touch on Edo Smith and the Atlanta run game. Yeah. Very really? interesting. Why? Because who's the starting running back in Atlanta? I think they're going to draft someone. That's why I didn't want to touch anything with their. There's if, no. If not, though, Edo Smith. I think they're either going to draft someone steal. or they're bringing in James Conner slash Kenyon Drake. That's yeah. that's my final guess. I don't if think they do bring in James Conner or Kenyon Drake. What's Smith's value? Backup. You you think backup over? Yeah. You think James Conner or Kenyon Drake would start? Or, over or Edo maybe Smith? or maybe I a committee. Know. I mean, but I it would definitely enough, be a committee. But not enough to be taken in the first nine rounds. 
Yeah, I think I'm both. Of, on this one, yeah. I mean, we. we I think it, he should be worth consideration. We just saw in the first nine rounds. We just saw Kenyon Drake and James Conner go in the eighth round. I have. I, I mean, have, how much higher would yeah. you take Edo Smith? Because I, I think wouldn't. they'd have a similar. I have Edo Smith at one twenty one, one spot below Tariq Cohen at one twenty. I just think so I. So he's still not within the first nine no, rounds. No, he's not. But I, I think that if we're talking like Tariq Cohen, I think he's in a similar range at this moment. But I think there's a lot of fluctuation, and if Atlanta doesn't do anything with that running back position, watch Ido Smith, because he's going to be the starter. And, you know, this is the interesting thing. Like, we're talking, we're spitballing everything here. We have no idea yeah. what free agents... I think that, I mean, obviously, like always, free agency is the first key step to seeing how teams are going to shake out next season. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, things don't move at a slow pace because of everything going on, and players are able to get signed. Oh, there's no way it moves at a slow pace with all the quarterbacks on the market. Right. I'm, no I'm, I'm thinking by the next time we record an episode, there's going to be a big trade that has been made already. It You'd seems, hope so. I, I, it just seems like everything's moving in that direction. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. It's going, it's going fast and furious already, and we haven't even opened up the true floodgates yet. But yes, you know, it'll be interesting to see where running back situations shake out. But I want to move to wide receivers because, again, we could spend all day even just talking about the running backs that weren't drafted yet. But I want to get to you guys on this one. Jack, who is your, uh, let's say, the highest wide receiver still on your board that was not drafted yet? That was not drafted yet? Let me scroll down here, down my board. Um, my next guy, actually, so it, there's three of them that I have in a tier pretty close here. Uh, I'll, name, I'll name all three, and then I'll tell you who I think is going to be the best. So I have Corey Davis, John Brown, and Nelson Aguilar as my next I, three guys. I have, <laughs> I have Corey Davis. Yep. Nelson Aguilar, and then who did you say? John Brown was my last. I guy. don't have John Brown. I have Marvin Jones as the three. Yep. But we have the same top. I've two. got I've got Corey Davis, <laughs> Jamison Crowder, and John Brown. I don't next I week. don't trust I don't trust Crowder. Crowder's gonna get cut. I don't know where he's gonna go. That could yeah. be helpful yeah. for Crowder's value. No, I think, but, but, I but after this year with what he did, I th- and and the fact that he's still a young guy. People, 27. People, he's, I mean, he's right in the prime of his career. People think Jamison Crowder's been around forever. I personally thought he was super old because I've heard that name so much. Jamison Crowder is a guy who in PPR will always at least get you wide receiver three value. What's, he will. What's the best spot for him? That if you if you think, if he could be a wide Honestly, receiver Honestly, back to the Washington football team would be a phenomenal spot. Yeah, that would be a good spot I mean, it, it's just, I bring up the Washington football team, but as any place where a good wide receiver two could go. Or the because Chargers. Because they have to, Yeah, the Chargers. I'd love him on the Chargers. They don't have a slot guy. They've got Keenan Allen, and they've got Mike Williams. Both those that guys play outside. That would be great. Jameson Crowder, yeah. Crowder on the Chargers would be a right? good fit. There's a lot of really good spots for him to end up. The the Bears would be another good spot. They get their quarterback room figured out. The Bears, I mean, you know, you look at Raiders. That's another good possibility. There are just a ton of places where he could be good. The Colts with Carson Wentz. I could keep going. Right, but there are a lot of really good spots. I think whoever Jamison Crowder goes, he's going to be good. And if he stays with the Jets, we saw what he did this year for most of the season. Another guy, though, that we mentioned that we don't know where he's going, Corey Davis. Yeah, I was going to say, he was a consensus first guy that we said next available on the board for us at wide receiver. What do we make of him? Because, you know, we saw flashes of greatness this year, but I think he finished in terms of PPR either right at 30 or right outside of it. I mean, he was on that 31 finished as 31 in PPR, very consistent for a long period of the season. He was that guy that was still slept on, that was getting double-digit points every single week. Then he had that zero spot, and then everyone was like, oh, don't bother. But then he came back, and he had double-digit, double-digit, and he did that for a good period of time, then had four, then had over 20 points, then had another zero, but that was the snow game. That was the snow game in Green Bay, yeah. And then he had around eight points the last week of the season. So he was on a pretty consistent track 
on a team that was obviously run first. Yeah. And obviously, again, A.J. Brown was the number one target on and, that team. And you could argue that a lot of weeks, even on that run first team, they had three viable pass catchers in Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Johnny Smith I know fell off, but Johnny Smith had some good weeks because he was a phenomenal red zone target. He's also a free agent and a tight yeah. end that has not gone in the first nine rounds of our yeah, draft. I, I don't even think I have Johnny Smith ranked at this point because I don't trust it that much, but... No, I, I think Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder, I've got them within five spots of each other. I, I think they're both on a very similar tier. Two talented guys who, wherever they go, are going to find themselves probably as a wide receiver, too. What about Nelson Aguilar? He's, also, Nelson also, Aguilar. A free He's agent. also a free agent. And he finished as the wide receiver But I will say, I am nowhere near as confident that wherever he goes, he will be a wide receiver, That's too. The problem. Because he has been so inconsistent throughout his career. He had a good year this year, absolutely. But before that, he man, he has been really inconsistent. He had 12 the, red zone targets, but only he, two red zone touchdowns. The yeah. difference in how he was used this year, though, was significant. On his career, he's averaging 7.3 yards per target. Through last season, he averaged 10.9 yards per target, and he was averaging 18.7 yards per reception. And that's, and that's he a, is now a big play receiver. He was not that right. before. He's a big well, play he was, guy now. Here's the crazy thing. He was drafted as a big play guy. And he that, wasn't used that way. Well, he was. That first year when he was in Philadelphia, he wasn't. He sucked. Like, he was really, really bad. And they transitioned him to a slot guy. And I remember reading an interview with him, and he's like, I like playing in the slot. And he played a lot better in the slot. But it seems like now with the Raiders, he figured out how to be a guy on the outside. Because those numbers you read, there was a reason that he didn't have those in Philadelphia. Because he was bad there when they first drafted him. Because that's what he was supposed to do. Well, he's had success in the past before. In 2017, at least yeah. for fantasy, he was the wide receiver as a 23. Slot, as a slot receiver. Because they, they transitioned him. Because I think he was drafted. I think 2016 was his first season in the league. And I think they transitioned him that following offseason to a slot receiver. And he found success. So absolutely, you're right. We're on the precipice precipice of something here with Nelson Aguilar, though, because despite having those 12 red zone targets, Jack, you brought up the point of how many yards he's averaging per reception. He had eight touchdowns still this year, so only two of his touchdowns came in the red zone despite having those 12 red zone targets. So yeah. you're looking at a guy, maybe we add you know, a few more touchdowns onto that, and he's inside the top 24. He's a wide receiver, too, yeah. this past season. There's no reason There's no reason to believe that he can't do that next year. He can. It just depends where he goes. No, and absolutely. There's a needs, lot of question marks. Who needs a burner for next year? Because that's where he's where teams and are going to be And it's so weird to call him a burner, because that's what he was drafted as. But he's a big bottom guy. Green Bay was exactly what yeah. came to mind. If he goes to Green Bay, he's a wide receiver, too, next yeah. year. Is he getting drafted, then, in the first nine rounds? Should, I'd have yeah. to think he, he'd be drafted over I some mean, And guys. if he's not... And we're drafting one of us is going to take him in the first nine rounds, no question. Whichever wide receiver ends up going to Green Bay as a wide receiver two is going to shoot up all of our draft boards. They just will. A guy that didn't go that I wanted to talk about because he's also a burner, and he's on the same team that Nelson Aguilar was on this past year. Lucas, this was your guy, yep. one of your yep. guys coming into the yep. season. Henry, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs was not drafted in the first nine rounds. Do you like him coming into his sophomore season? I do. I, I have him right now at, at 122, which is at the top tier of my don't have any idea what's going on. Obviously, if Nelson Aguilar leaves, you know, it, it's a lot more. I should say my love for Henry Ruggs and why I was so high on him wasn't that I thought personally. Personally, when I watched his tape, I thought he was super, super, super fast. But I didn't as think, most people did. Yeah, but aside from that, I didn't think he was anything particularly special. I had him lower on my draft board than other guys, right? I like Jerry Judy more, I like CeeDee Lamb more, I like T. Higgins more, and I like Jalen Rieger more going into the draft. But 
Henry Ruggs, uh, the Jalen Rieger one's a really hot take, by the way. I just yes, want to put that out there. As um, most of your draft takes are. But, thank you. Um, but That's Henry, not a good thing, but continue. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but Henry Ruggs, I loved him so much because I thought, for sure, they drafted him 12th overall. They're like, oh, this guy's going to be fed targets. And he started to look that way, and then he got injured, and then Nelson Aguilar caught on, and he fell off. So I just I liked him because I thought there was a lot of opening there. Nelson Aguilar just took that instead of Henry Ruggs, which nobody predicted. Yeah, no, listen, if if Henry Ruggs can put some things together going into next season, absolutely. If they don't bring back Nelson Aguilar, if they don't, which I, I highly doubt they won't bring in another wide receiver, this team needs wide receivers still, unless Brian Edwards, there's, there's a deep sleeper yeah, right Brian there. Edwards He's up. a guy that I actually picked up in our league to begin last season. I was I was dropping you Chase watching, Claypool with him. You were watching Brian Edwards highlights. I Everybody was. telling me about this. You're like, man, I got on the Brian Edwards train. I no, so and, good in college. And, but then he just he, he disappointed. He didn't do much. He got injured a good amount of the season. And then he when he came into play, you know, he just wasn't targeted that much and wasn't a focal point of the offense. That's another guy. Obviously, he's not going to be drafted in the first nine rounds. He probably won't be drafted. He might not be drafted, but he's a guy that easily could be a deep sleeper that I'm already having my eyes on going into next season. Yeah, as you should. I, I want to transfer over now to the quarterback position. Because what we did here was something that you won't find in most of your home leagues or mock drafts when you're doing, let's say, in Yahoo or ESPN. But, you know, when you watch experts do mock drafts, this is probably how you'll see it go. And I just want to start with this. Why the hell was Justin Herbert not taken in the first nine rounds? That was the first mistake right there. Why didn't right you there. take Justin Herbert? Because I had already, I had, well, I had already taken because Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Because Mahomes. Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts were still available in the ninth round. That's why. Well, and then someone here decided to take Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean... It's not a bad pick. Actually, I might have Ryan Tannehill above. Yeah, I don't... You guys do I, roasted do I? the Ryan Tannehill I mean, pick I didn't roast it. Up. I just didn't yeah. understand it as I much. Do, I do have him above Herbert. Same tier. I have this tier of, like, but, nine quarterbacks, seven, seven, eight quarterbacks right next to each other between 102 and 108. What's wrong with Herbert? Nothing. Nothing. I Nothing think he'll be a QB1. He'll be a QB... He'll be a... Uh, I think he'll be a QB1. He missed the... He didn't play the first week of the season... And he finishes the QB nine overall. Yeah. I think I think he'll be right. I think he'll be right there, right, right at QB one tier. I don't expect him to improve that much, though. That's the and that's the thing. thing. That, I, I, I expect I, him to be. There's I think room for improvement. I yes. think he'll finish somewhere. I have him at fourteen in my rankings right now, which I think is on the low end of where he'll finish. I think he'll finish somewhere between ten. and I'm 15. at eleven. I think he'll finish somewhere between ten and fifteen. I mean, I, I, I move. I have Carson Wentz one spot above him, Baker Mayfield one spot above him, Ryan Tannehill at eleven, Jalen Hurts at ten. I, I just, I at first, I just, I like the ceilings of those other guys more. I don't expect Justin Herbert to finish outside the top fifteen. I don't. I just like the ceiling of the other guys more. And the coaching staff changed there too, right? Yeah. So that's another just stretch. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It I could think be that's as good. Thing. For, we saw there was could a be. stretch of weeks where yeah. it was so frustrating yeah. to watch Chargers games because I had Herbert in a decent amount of leagues and I own Keenan Allen in a decent amount of leagues. So I loved watching that tandem take the field weeks 12, 13, and 14. I watched Anthony Lynn try as hard as he possibly could to not let Justin Herbert throw the ball. He wanted nothing more than to run the ball. And you know what they did those weeks? 
loss, loss, and then barely won against Atlanta. That is not how he's supposed to play. You look at every week. If you obviously you could take out anyone's bad weeks and look at only the good, but if you took out those weeks, I'm almost positive that he'd be a top six quarterback, maybe top five quarterback for fantasy purposes this past year. I can't imagine they're not going to let him sling it next year. We're you talking know. about they're going to add possibly another weapon. Who knows what happens with Hunter Henry? Maybe they you lose also, him. But... You also have to just take into account just the prospect of defenses catching up to what Justin Herbert's been doing. But even if they, they do, a but this is but, but a new system. It's a new system, sure. That's the, that, I think but that's a benefit. I, 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 in that case, it would be a, quarter, a, a benefit, but there's always the other issues that that brings with it. Like Justin Herbert has to learn a whole new system, which that is time. tough for a quarterback. It's tough for a quarterback. And you know, he had to that. learn a whole new system. He did. With COVID going on, with yeah. no preseason. Yeah. He had to jump into the league in the situation. He wasn't even supposed to be the starter. No, he wasn't. It was, was Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Taylor got a hole stabbed in his lung. That's insane. <laughs> and you saw what he came in and did. Yeah, I wouldn't great. underestimate him in the slightest. Again, I have him in the tier of quarterbacks where I have eight guys back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And the only reason I have him below a few of them is because I like the ceilings of the other guys better. Except Ryan Taylor. Tannehill, I like the floor of Ryan Tannehill better. That's what I love. I love the floor of Ryan Tannehill. Let me justify this pick a little bit. ESPN, he finished as the seventh ranked quarterback this year. Fantasy Data has it as the eighth ranked Ryan quarterback. Ryan Tannehill will finish as a QB1, I guarantee it. He yes, will be somewhere exactly. between seven and 12. I we have a it. surefire QB1 there. He was a stud last year. He was airing the ball out. Hopefully, Corey Davis comes back. I was going to say, what if Davis doesn't still, come back? They're still going to have another receiver. They have another receiver that they trust. You'd hope. You would think. I mean, you would hope. Johnny Smith is now free agent. They, they dropped Adam Humphreys. I mean, he, you know. He's losing weapons left and right here. You'd have to hope. What? You're going to say Derrick Henry's a weapon? Yeah, Derrick Henry's a weapon on the ground. No, I'm he doesn't say, really I'm help. say A.J. Brown's going to develop another year, and he'll have him for a full A. season. A.J. Brown's not two weapons in one, though. No. He's a great elite wide yes. receiver in the league, but sometimes you need a little bit more than that to elevate yourself to that high-end QB1. And yeah. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill does. He should get support. He really should. They, they either have to draft someone or they have to bring in. There's so many free agent wide receivers. It'd be hard-pressed to not see the Titans bring in someone else. But if for some reason they didn't, I can't justify Tannehill over Herbert. I, I, I will. I will. Yeah. I, I mean, Herbert probably has the higher ceiling, but I just. I, I don't. Especially know. with how much we love. I think there's a chance. I think. Yeah. I think there's a chance Herbert falls into low QB two range. I think there's a yeah. chance low that QB2? happens. Low QB two. I don't think there's a chance that happens with Ryan Tannehill. Low QB two is like around 23, 24. I was thinking more. So then, 18, if you 19, think that, 20. then what happens to Austin Eckler? Because half of Austin, half of Austin Eckler is Justin Herbert. Well, but he's I a will, PPR back. Okay, but but still, Justin Herbert. Honestly, it could be because of Austin Eckler. If he just drops, dumps, dinks, and dunks the ball to Austin Eckler ten times exactly. a game, that would game that would be a lot worse for Justin Herbert's value. And it, again, it depends on the play style. Just just because a new coaching staff is coming in, you'd hope it helps, but we don't know. There's a lot of question marks there. He's going. He's only going into his second year after an insane rookie season, defenses are going to have some time to catch up. They're going to have some time to watch the tape. He's going to have to learn some new tricks. Can he learn some new tricks from year one to year two? A lot of times quarterbacks don't. Where's, that's where's why your the friend that you exists. found that did that whole article on the sophomore yeah, slump? I want absolutely. to talk to him. You want to talk to him? I He hasn't responded to my email, so oh. I emailed him again today in hopes that he would respond. All right, well. I'm not, he he goes to Harvard, so like he's probably way better than us. Oh, he can he can enlighten us then. That's true, right? <laughs> I'd love to be enlightened right. about this. I mean, thing. but I'm just saying the QBR of quarterbacks that have an above average start to their career drops seven points going from year one to year two on average. 
But that I bought true. a Justin Herbert jersey, so that's not going to happen. That cancels point. it out. That's a good point. I, I did not take that into account. I literally this ratioed argument. this Harvard guy by buying the you, Herbert jersey. You, Shane, I, I can't argue with that. I, I don't know what to say now. No, I'm not against Justin Herbert. Just throwing that out there. I still think Justin Herbert's a top 15 quarterback and should be drafted as such this year. I just like Ryan Tannehill as a top 10 quarterback more than I like Justin Herbert as a top 10 quarterback. And, you know, that's fine. And looking at the mock draft that we did, you know, I've said it multiple times now. Patrick Mahomes is not going to go in the fifth round no. in your league. Justin Herbert will be taken in the top nine rounds. Justin Herbert's going to go by round seven or eight, maybe round nine. Maybe he, if he that lasts that long. That quarterbacks probably will be gone. By, they will be gone by round nine, probably. Definitely by round ten. And, you know, the quarterbacks, besides... In my opinion, Ryan Tannehill, which I think in especially more casual leagues, is not going to go above Russell Wilson or Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is going to see a ton of hype and pop going into the season as long as he remains the starter. Exactly, that's a big Philadelphia. Yeah, right no. Now. Listen, if he's the starter for Philadelphia, he's so going to he's going to be hyped like to the yeah. moon. Like his stock is going to shoot up. Where I think then you'll find the value with Tannehill going in, like maybe the tenth round. Yeah, you and could wait. You could wait on Tannehill definitely. That's probably fair. Joe Burrow going in Joe maybe Burrow, the eleventh round. Joe who's Burrow, a guy that I yeah. love. I, I, always, I mean, I always love Joe. Joe Burrow. He is seventeen on my list right now because I don't know when he's going to come back from that ACL tear. I have. When we get a timeline. I have fourteen. You up? I have Joe Burrow at 14. I, Joe Burrow is a guy who you will be able to get on the back end of that tier of quarterbacks, and he has the highest ceiling of most of those quarterbacks. I mean, two is another guy there that you'll be able to get on the back end of those quarterbacks. Both of them I have, have two. Phenomenal. I have two at 19. So. I have two. I have two at fifteen. Herbert at seventeen. The only reason it's that it's switched that direction is because I don't know what's going on with Burrow's ACL at the moment. There's a lot of question marks there, but if if that's better, then I'm definitely switching those guys. Where do you guys have Kirk Cousins? Who I finished the season as the QB eleven. I haven't ranked him. Really? You no, haven't I haven't. Him? I, I this there's no ceiling for Kirk Cousins. What do you mean? His what floor you, is QB eleven. Yeah, that's 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 a. It's just it's the ceiling's just not there for me. There's no way he finishes. Higher than that next year, I mean. Why not? Because he never. What's he losing? He hasn't. Because he just hasn't in the past. Regardless of. What I'll go through every has. single season of his career. Go through right every now. single of his. Twenty twelve, he did not do it. <laughs> Twenty thirteen, he did not do it. Twenty fourteen, he he did not do it. Twenty fifteen, he was QB eight. Yeah, I mean that was. Boom. That was fifteen. No, you like that? I, what you I like know, that? What I want to know is when he was with the Vikings. Twenty sixteen, he was QB five. Wasn't with the Vikings. You like that? Wasn't with the Vikings. 2017, he was also QB5. There, uh, he wasn't with the Vikings either. 2018, he was QB13. Yeah, there he was with the Vikings. Right, it's a little bit closer. I think. 2019, he was QB18. Yeah, there he was with the Vikings. 2020, he was QB11. QB11. Yeah, I, I just, I'm. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw a pretty high he, ceiling there as the QB5. Um, yeah, with the Washington football team, but he hasn't been above a double-digit quarterback number or quarterback ranks since he's been with the Vikings, and I don't expect that to go any higher. There's, I, I just don't. That's why that's why he's not low, because I don't think the ceiling is as high. Do you really think... Who do you think has the higher ceiling going into this season? We'll play a fun game. You think Joe Burrow has a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Do you no, think Tom Brady has a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins? No. That's, yes. that's just a dumb take. Do you think Ceiling-wise, yeah. Ceiling? Do you think Tua has a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins? No. I don't think so either. I, 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 def- I mean, I would rather t- risk that. And I, I do take a risky strategy with quarterbacks. I always have. But, I mean, Herbert's next. Do you think Herbert has a higher ceiling? Yes. Yeah. Carson Wentz? 
No. I haven't re-ranked Carson that's, Wentz that's yet. A, that's because, just a dumb take. Because I'm not so sure still what to think One of, of him. One of the best offensive lines in the league. I know. That's Plenty why I love Jonathan. around him. Okay, I love Jonathan Taylor for that exact reason. Jonathan Taylor is not Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz helps Jonathan Taylor, so that it helps and supports my argument that Jonathan Taylor could finish as the overall RB1 this year. But Carson Wentz, I will probably have him... How many points better is Carson Wentz than Phillip Rivers? Per game in that offense. Fantasy points. What did Phil Rivers average last year? I'm not going to say that yet. How oh. many points better is he? I would put him at... I'll say three. Because Carson Wentz, despite us saying that he you know, wasn't a great runner, he did have a decent amount of rushing touchdowns last year. So I'll put him at... I'll say two. Two? All right. Uh, Philip Rivers averaged 15 points per game last year. Kirk Cousins averaged 19. So both of your estimates put Kirk Cousins still higher than... Philip than Carson Wentz. I just I, I feel like the Vikings are kind of in a win now rigged. mode. I think the Vikings are in a win now sure, mode. Sure, but I, Kirk, they're not going to do it with Kirk Cousins. Everything comes in garbage time for him. I'd love to bring David Campbell onto the show yeah, because he's I, a he's he's, he's one of our writers fan. on the Fantasy Football Laboratory website, and he's a huge Vikings fan. But he's also a pretty you know well-minded, well-rounded Vikings fan that knows his stuff. He knows. He's one of the people that believes that Adam Thielen's going to have a better season than Justin Jefferson yeah. actually next year. But I'd love to get his full perspective, especially because he watches all the games. Yes, yeah. for the Vi- we don't we don't watch every single game for every single Thankfully. team. It's just Thankfully. not. Yes, it's just I really who would want to watch every Vikings single games. Jets game of the season? I That's mean, why torture terrible. yourself with that? Yeah, but we haven't watched every single Vikings game, so we can't just say everything comes in garbage I just, time. It's I just don't, not true. I don't. I think that his ceiling is. QB 11 or 10, and I think his floor is QB 20. And I just, I, I would... Great I would backup take, quarterback. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. You're, yeah, you're drafting, you're drafting him in the 10 to 15 range. You'll sure. draft him as your, I'm not I'll drafting say, him 12 to 13. I'll that's draft him. Point. I'll draft him. I'm not, I would not draft him over any of my guys. He'd go, at, he's going after round, I would assume he's going to go after round 11. And I'm not making the case yeah. for him to be, you know, your guy. I'm saying if you want to pair... You know, take the shot on Jalen Hurts, but then back, back him, him up, up with Kirk Cousins, with Kirk Cousins yes. in the 12th round. There we go. I like that strategy. I think that's a good one. Yeah, that, you like that. Yeah. You like that. That's a good approach. That's what that's what I'm talking about right yeah. there. Let's go back to Tom Brady for a second, because he's also a guy that you guys just ratted on me for saying that he doesn't have it. And I, listen, he still has it. I think he still has it. I just don't know what his weapons are going to look like next year. I don't know. Is, is Gronk going to be, be back? There. Gronk will probably be back. Mike Evans will be there. Yes, is Godwin yeah. going to be there? I still believe that Godwin's chasing the money. I don't think I he's think going back fair. to Tampa Bay. I think Antonio I think, Brown will be there. Well, yeah, well, you'd have to assume that if you're going to take him in the fifth round in a mock draft, that he's still going to so be with dumb. Tom Brady. So dumb. But there's just so many question marks still with that offense. Even though they just won a Super Bowl, it's who's going to be around him. Because, obviously, offensive line is great. Defense is phenomenal. But who's he going to be able to throw the ball to? to I don't think he's going to repeat. Can he repeat this season? Can he theoretically repeat what he just did? You know how when LeBron went to Cleveland and then everybody left Cleveland, including Kyrie Irving, and there were no superstars and LeBron left stayed. there for him? And LeBron stayed, and then Dwayne Wade came, and then Derrick Rose came, and then everybody came. That's Tom Brady. The superstars can leave. Maybe they won't be, there won't be as there so won't be as much that, talent there. So you're saying Des Bryant will probably join Antonio Brown on the Bucks. But he's a, playing with Tom Brady, so it doesn't matter. As long as they're semi-decent receivers, he's going to find them open, and they're going to yeah, score fans. The only time he was really 
not like a super viable fantasy option was when he had zero receivers around. Him. And that's just not going to happen. He'll always have Mike Evans. Would you draft Tyler Johnson? I love Tyler Johnson. Right? I have Johnson above yeah. guys like Ruggs. I have Johnson. If, if we brought David Campbell on the show, he'd love Tyler Johnson too because he loves Minnesota guys. Don't even get him started. If we brought him on our draft shows, <laughs> don't even get him started on Rashad Bateman. Though I do love Rashad Bateman. I, I have Tyler Johnson fun. above Crowder, above Edelman, above Kirk, above Mooney. I mean, that's above... only because you think Chris Godwin's gone. Yeah, that's, Godwin, that, no, that's legitimate. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... And, the... and that's respectable. Like, yeah. if, if they're gone, then I would love to hear your case for that because I'm going to be real, I don't hate it. Yeah. Would you draft Tom Brady, though, to be the starter for your fantasy yes. team still? Yeah? Yes. No doubt about it. Yep. If I if I want to go with a safe starter that I can get rounds 8, 9, 10, Tom Brady's literally the best option I could go with. Who would, you, who would you back him up with, though? Because at that point, let's say you get him in round... Let's say you get him in round 9 or 10. Like, right where we are right now. Because I'm sure he's probably the next best quarterback on your board. Or right around there. Lucas, I'm sure he's close to being the next best quarterback on your board. Who would you back the, him up with that has enough high upside? I think the perfect guy would be Joe Burrow. I would agree. Yeah. One of the rookies. I, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor I Lawrence. Fields. Right. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I think, would be a good one. Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Exactly. Whoever goes in. Go. Yeah, number two. Uh, well, none of them may go at number two. I just saw a mock draft that had Kyle Pitts going at two. I don't, I'm not against that. I See, that's an interesting one. That I, I don't like it just because I think there's a lot of stuff Kyle Pitts has to work on still. But, like, two, two might be high. But, uh, I mean, I could understand if they're swinging for it, they're swinging for it. Let's talk about tight ends. You brought up tight ends. Let's talk about tight ends as we start to wrap up the show here. It is my favorite position in fantasy football. Why? That was a lie. I hate okay. tight ends. In I was going to say, I don't, Nobody I'm, does. don't think anyone's ever said that yeah. in their entire life unless they played tight end in the National Football League. Yeah. Uh, looking at the tight ends that have gone, obviously Kelsey, Kittle, Waller went really early. Really? And then really early. First round, Kittle went in the first round. I took you him expect the Kelsey round. to go there? I took Kittle. I think that Kittle picks a mistake in the first round. I would have dropped a little bit. I think bit. you're a mistake. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I had the back-to-back pick. I was fine with Kittle and Saquon at that point. Obviously, then Mark Andrews went. TJ Hawkinson. Mike Kosicki. Logan Thomas. Robert Tanyan. Dallas Goddard, Hunter Henry went, right? Robert Tanyan went? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Pretty sure Jack took I him. took Robert Tanyan. Who else went? Uh, Noah Fant. Noah Fant? Yeah, I probably took him. Yeah. Did Hunter Henry go yet? I'm trying to yes, look at my I board. Yes, I did. Here. I took Hunter okay. Henry. Okay. And that's all the tight ends that have gone, unless I'm missing someone. No, I think I think you got it. So that means these are some of the guys still available, at least in our draft, after round nine. Irv Smith Jr. Yeah. Big season ahead that's, with Kyle that's, Rudolph is that's gone. That's a... And, and Another weapon for Kirk Cousins. And that's an interesting case because Irv Smith Jr., you're drafting him, you're taking a risk, but that's a very high upside risk. Yeah, but if let's say I'm drafting Irv Smith Jr., I probably would have drafted a tight end already. Yeah, I mean, you, you would want him as your backup. You wouldn't want him as your starter, but there's high upside there. Although, I have him right now as my tight end 12, and all the tight ends above him have gone, which means he probably would be, be the starter on someone's team. In the, if you're doing a 12-man league, he might be the starter on someone's team. I don't have him at twelve. I have, but I have him. I think at thirteen. Yeah, I have him at thirteen. So yeah. Did you take Cole Komet? Not yet. No. Okay, I was gonna say he's another guy that I have I on have my board. I have him at fourteen. These guys are close. These guys are close yep. to me. Evan Ingram. We going back to that? Well, he hasn't gone yet. No, Evan Ingram though. That's uh, that's one that would still be a. Uh, someone I trust to be my starter. That's crazy. Yes, I, you have to. You, I mean, I, I, that's the crazy. Who else are you going to trust? 
I have him at 11. Points. I'm, I taking, have him at 11. I'm taking. I have him at 11. I have Hayden Hurst at 12. Like, do you really trust those guys to be your starter? No. I have Hayden Hurst have a little to. bit lower down. I, I really I, I really like Dawson Knox to take a step up next year. I, I, Dawson Knox is another I have him at 18. Yeah. Uh, I ranked him, this guy, and I'm going to move him up. I just have him in here because I have him in here. And that's Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Who I were you telling me that you he's going to be my number four? I was going to say he's going to probably be at least in my top eight, depending on the team that he goes. You're telling me if he goes to the Cincinnati yes. Bengals, yes, and he has Joe Burrow yes. throwing him the ball, yes, that he can't be a top eight tight end in this wasteland of position. No, but I wouldn't rank him there. He's got Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is the most athletic tight end in this draft class by a lot. It's not even close. But he is not the best receiving tight end. He has a lot. This? He has a lot that he still has to work on. He has terrible body control. He's not a f- great route runner, not by any stretch of the imagination. He's fast. He's big. That gets him somewhere in the National Football League. It doesn't get him enough. I'm trying to look wow. for comparisons. Oh, oh, oh comparison to Darren Waller. It's easy. If yeah, you're going to look at an says. easy comparison, it's Darren Waller. Six foot six, big, fast. That's what they are. Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has a ceiling of Darren Waller plus. He has a ceiling higher than Darren Waller. Absolutely. Not this year, though. He doesn't. And I don't know if he ever reaches it because he's really got a lot of... don't know if he ever reaches it. He has a lot... I'm serious. When I say he has a lot of things that he needs to work on, and that's... There's a reason Pat Fairmuth is my number one tight end in this draft class. It's because he is not as athletic as Kyle Pitts by no stretch of the imagination. He's a lot more ready to be an NFL tight end right now, a lot more ready to be a receiver right now, and could, in all honesty... So you're going to rank Pat Fairmuth over Kyle Pitts in your tight end rankings for fantasy? Not this year, probably. Because I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to be drafted in a position where he'll almost certainly be the starter. Pat Fairmuth, not necessarily. But Pat Fairmuth, when you talk about his potential, has absolute, I think has a higher chance to reach his potential, which is Rob Gronkowski then Kyle Pitts has to reach his potential, which is Darren Wall. Would you look at the time? It appears that we have run out of time here on the Fantasy Football Laboratory. Sorry to cut you off, Lucas. It's okay. On your little rant there. We'll get back to all this. Uh, we didn't even get to take a look back at the mock draft, really, that we did. We just talked about players that weren't drafted. So we'll probably take the next episode to just relive our full nine rounds that we went through over the past few weeks. That's going to do it for us here, though, on the Fantasy Football Laboratory. You can check out our website, fflaboratory.com. Got all of our updated mock draft stuff on there. You have our rankings on there. You have up, uh, updated articles that come out every single week. You got a lot of cool, awesome stuff. I just added the Golden Test Tubes feature, which shows you all the winners. You can watch that again if you want to and, and relive all of those awesome moments from the end of the season. But for the chemist Jack McGrath, Spitfire Lucas Parrish, I am the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.